Hello and welcome to the Married to Success podcast. Hello and welcome, guys. So we are back and we have lots to talk about. I am joined with my co-host, Harrison Gordon, and myself, Paige Sander. Exactly. So we're here to talk about, I guess, what we've been up to and yeah. how we can help you get whatever you want, close more deals, sell more clients. I'm right for the pitch. <laughs> well, I think that's what we want to talk about today, right? It's it's we've had so many people come up to us and say, "How have you achieved so much in such a short amount of time?" and people wondering why they're not getting to that next level, whatever that is for them. And I think it's just because they're not doing enough on a daily basis. Like I think I think our keyword is commit. However, I want to backtrack because I always like to start our pods by sharing about what we've been up to, and I think that ultimately helps us define how we get to our topic. Um, and then also, I know a lot of people have been asking, where have your podcast gone? When are you going to bring them back? And I think the reality is we started the pods because we just wanted to have time to connect and have a conversation. Then we realized people were liking them and we were getting pretty good views on them or listens, I guess. Um, and now, now we're back with audio and video. So if you're yeah. listening on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all of that jazz. Um, thank you so much. We also have a video version live on YouTube as well. And we're going to be releasing podcasts every Tuesday. Yeah. So um, I guess on the topic of this entire podcast of committing, um, we have now committed to the Married to Success podcast. I'm going to give a little pinky promise. Let me do a little pinky promise right here. It's not going to show on the video. Why? Well, that's out of focus. Oh. And... That one, like it's not showing. Like I can do it here, but it's oh. not gonna. You, oh, okay. yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Paige doesn't do the video editing. It's fine. So we're gonna be live with you every Tuesday, mm-hmm. sharing with you how our week went, the lessons that we've learned, and I guess the principles, processes, stories that are gonna help you fuel your business and get you to whatever your definition well, of even success just life. is. Fuel your life and. I think the thing is that everyone thinks that things sometimes happen overnight and I think that we really wanted to share what it was like going through the process of building businesses, working together and just the whole jazz of it because I think we don't even think that we're where we want to be even. Well, I think life's not over and I think there's no end destination, right? And Mm -hmm. I think we constantly see what other people do and we see what's possible and we're fueled by what's possible. So we want to keep going for more, whatever that is. Yeah. If that's business, if that's in life, if that's personal relationships, projects we want to work on, people we want to meet, places we want to go to. Totally. We're constantly fueled by, I guess, what's what's next and what's upcoming. Yeah. And what's possible in our future. Exactly. So let's do a backtrack um, from our last week. I'm sure that there's a couple months that we've missed in here, but let's go back to L.A., Okay. When we were in sunny LA, 18 degrees, and then we came back to a snow blizzard in Vancouver. Can you, can you see it behind me? It is snowing. So we went from literal extremes, from hot to cold. Yeah, hence our little muffled voices and sniffles. But um, ultimately, why were we in LA? So we were in Los Angeles because I had the opportunity to record a masterclass course on sales and high-ticket sales in Los Angeles. So that's Mm -hmm. from a company called Mentorbox. So think about it this way. You had scribes and scripts, then you had books, then you had audio books, and then you... Keep going. What are you doing? 
Dude, I'm just, I always do this. You're just like diddling around yeah. while I'm trying to talk to you. Keep going. Um, so yeah, you know, you go from audiobooks to now what MentorBox does, which is video books. So they'll have authors and export authors and experts on their platform, teaching their books, teaching their different subjects. So we filmed a two hour masterclass, which actually is now live. And what we'll do on the screen here is we'll include a link to sign up for a free three day trial. And if you're listening, you can go to mentorbox.com and you can sign up for a free three day trial. You can watch my masterclass or you can watch different video blogs from other people, other amazing experts on that platform. Cool. So just the selling point for Mentorbox for me was um, founded by Alex Mayer and Ty Lopez. We were mentored by them last year, which I'm sure you know of. Um, yeah, it's just a kick-ass. It's just a kick-ass business model. It's basically a business model to help you get your education or forms of like learning right to you and by the experts that created the lessons themselves or the books themselves. So Harrison actually spoke on um, Master of High Ticket Sales, which is really cool because essentially what that is, is showing people how to sell, whether, you know, and the thing is, is that you're actually in selling situations throughout your entire day, whether you're actually in sales itself or um, whether you even run a business or not, you know, you want to be able to sell yourself to a potential partner or, you know, if you want to close a deal, if you want to buy something, if you want to buy anything, I feel like if you're trying to ask a question, that's where sales comes in. Yeah. So sales not it's persuading not all... your prof to give you that A that you want instead of your B B plus. Yeah, I don't think sales is just to do with money or business or entrepreneurship. I think it goes into every, it's like decision making in your everyday life as mm -hmm. well. How do you make better decisions? I think sales gets a bad rep too. At that, like, how many people have we gone, or how many people have we heard that pitch horribly? And just want you to buy whether it's like a spammy Instagram message or um, someone at a kiosk handing you something out on the street, you know? I mean, customer service as well when you're calling, like we called Bell today yeah. to talk to them about a, a plan because we're in the States more often now. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, yeah, no worries. We understand if you want to switch to someone else. And it's Yeah, just... and it, it blows my mind how um, there's such a lack of sales education. I think that there's such an opportunity to learn how to sell yourself better and to how to get more of what you want out of situations. Yeah, 100%. Right? So let's, um, I actually have my notepad. I'm just going to pull that one up here. So one in LA. So yeah, we, we met with, um, the team of Mentorbox and we were able, well, you recorded your lesson with them, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty amazing how lean they run their company as well. Like, yeah. I think they're what, a 80 to a hundred million dollar annual revenue company, which is insane. Eight to nine figure company. And, and they have two people on payroll. They have two full-time people and then Alex and Ty and the rest of them are all contractors. Mm -hmm. And then like people like me who come in and teach lessons, we're contractors. And then even the videographers that they work with and the other people on their team, maybe copywriters, I think they're just contract basis. Yeah. And they run their company so lean. And that was just an amazing aspect to see of their business and how they're able to do so well. That one was an eye-opener for me also because I think definitely when you look at companies in terms of how successful they are at, how successful they are or where they're at in their business, a lot of it's based on how many people you have hired in your team. Yes. And... Um, we work on the contractor model. I think it's fantastic that we have six contractors that are like our go-tos just for 
um, basically daily operations and then there, we can always hire out for other situations as well. And I think it allows you to scale in aspects of your business that you want to. Like when we had 15 virtual assistants mm-hmm. working on a contractor basis, right? Mm-hmm. That allowed us to scale our business there, but we weren't tied down to that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to have that that huge, liability. Well, the huge overhead of having 15 people on the team as well, right? Totally. You're able to grow your team and, and even in a way where you're able to give a... You say, can pivot quicker. You can pivot quick. Well, it's you're not bogged down to an employee where you have to give severance pay to and you need to do all of this and that, mm-hmm. right? You can of course, ha- treat your contractors with respect. I think it's just, I just think it's more versatile. You know, you can, you you can, can pivot. Mold, mold, pivot, um, decide whether or not you want to grow, bootstrap, you know? I just, I think that there's more movement in contracting. And I, I think it's interesting because something that you've always talked about is wanting a team yep which i agree with and an office which i agree with i think it's just a thing of you know having like 50 to 100 people which is i guess more so grant cardone where he has 100 salespeople. um whereas if i feel like for pulse what i see for us more so is what we're doing right now is running a lean team having talented contractors on board um, and then when it makes sense to have those full-time employees yeah so that was a cool takeaway for me Good to see a business that's doing 80 to 100 million annually that's still... And seeing the inside operations there. Yes. And even just having that, like like we talk about, your network is your net worth, right? And it's about keeping your pipeline full. And just you never know the types of people that you're going to meet um, by just going out there and even like teaching a lesson, like who, who's going to be on your contact list. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, they're, they're not even running an Instagram marketing strategy. And that's something that we're exploring with them as well is taking over their... Instagram and social management there. Totally. Just because their brand's not strong, they're really like direct to consumer. They're an ads focused um, company. Heavy, heavily uh, media buying, yeah. Yeah, Pippa's just chewing on her little bone. So um, I think that was interesting. And then I kind of want to jump to a couple of the components in your masterclass that you taught because I think there was a lot of really good takeaways there that um, one we should share because that's actually going to you know, transition me into kind of the next part, which is the thing of just doing it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to pull up a couple of your masterclass topics that you thought stood out to you? I mean, you have the Superman technique, the Trojan horse technique, like... Yeah, I I don't... There's just so much in this masterclass that you guys, you literally have access to this for free. Mm -hmm. It's... You can cancel after the three days, but I'm going to let you... It's, it's $8 a month. It costs less than Netflix. It's about the size of a venti latte at, at Starbucks. So use your own discretion, but I would definitely advise listening or watching the one that I had and so many other lessons as well. But one thing that we want to talk about, I think the first, the first thing you need to understand about sales is it's all mindset. Mm-hmm. And... It's hard to teach financial literacy because growing up, there's so many things that we have to undo because our knowledge and our relationship with money is typically a byproduct of our relationships. I'm going to plug this book right here just to cut them off, The Rules of Wealth. Um, By Richard Templar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've actually given this book, gifted it to um, our intern, Ethan. Um, I think this is a great book to start with in terms of understanding where, how you understand money and how to refocus that. So the rules of wealth there. Did you want to read anything out of it that would be helpful? There's so much. I'm going to let you go and then I'll pull one as you're talking. Well, I just think when it comes to mindset, it's understanding what your definition of success is 
and what you're what you want to use money for uh, what your goals are um, and that leans into uh, the high ticket decision which is commitment and that's going to be the second step of the master class and there's five steps that I wrote down that will help you achieve your goals Number one is going to be setting your goals and never lowering it. I've had a lot of people tell me that they want to set a goal of, I want to be a millionaire, I want to make $20,000 this month, etc., etc. But then when they aren't close to achieving it, or if they're not sure if it's attainable, they start to lower that number. Oh, so I'm, I'm okay with 15,000 now, or you know, 10,000 seems more reasonable. But the number one thing you can do is to just set your target, never lower it, and just be relentless towards that goal. Number two would be to increase your number of daily actions. So like we talked about with Paige saying, just do it. I think there's a big disconnect between ideas and action. Ideas are a dime a dozen. And I think it's the action every single day, you showing up and making that decision that you want to move towards your goals, that you want to pick up the phone, that you want to have more conversations, that you want to share your message or your product or your service with someone else. So it's increasing whatever that means to you, your daily actions. And writing down your goals is so important. And just reaffirming those every single day, whether it's before you go to sleep, whether it's when you wake up, when you have a win or when you have a loss. Mm -hmm. But just writing down those goals is so important. And the other one is to get everybody, everybody on board. So in Paige and I's relationship, we both need to be on the same page. Otherwise, we're going to be going to two different destinations. You know, this could be if it's your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. Your manager, your yeah. boss. Your exactly. boss should be relaying this to you as well. Everybody on your team, everybody in your family, your parents need to be on board with what you're doing. So it's getting everybody on board with your goals. And number five is to be relentless. And what I mean by that is you need to be sick. You need to go sicko mode. You know what I mean? You need to go so in on your goals and never let your foot up on the gas pedal. You just need to keep going forward, keep going forward every single day. And I think like when you're committed to your goals, everything else falls in place. I can talk about the techniques and the steps and the processes, but the truth is you develop your own along the way when you learn from so many different people. And if you're committed, you'll Google how to do something. If you're committed, you'll ask a friend, you'll ask a business partner how to do something. So I think it's like getting your mindset and then getting your commitment on point and then everything else seems to fall into place. And I think Paige is just reading through a book right now, getting you guys one chapter that is really helpful. Yeah. Should I pull this one out? Do it. Okay, cool. So there's actually, it's really cool with the way that this book is written. It's just it, a bunch of rules about money and wealth. It's literally like over a hundred rules about money and wealth and they break it up into like first like understanding uh, what wealth is, another one's getting wealthy, um, how to get even wealthier, staying wealthy, and then sharing your wealth, um, and then the rules of other people's wealth. So I mean the first rule that I actually, it stuck with me for a while is anyone can be wealthy, you just need to apply yourself. So basically that just says you have the same rights and opportunities as everyone else to take as much as you want. Mm. Um, and in the first sentence, I just like how he's written this. The lovely thing about money is that it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care what color, race um, you are, what your parents did, or even who you think you are. Every day you start with a clean slate no matter what you did yesterday. So that's really cool. Um, that's rule number one. Uh, rule number five, which I think actually we're going to be touching on today of the just doing it, um, is most most people are too lazy to be wealthy. Wow. Most pe people are too lazy to be rich. They say that they want to be, but they don't. 
Mm. And I think that we have heard that so much. I think they just like the, the concept. Well, the look of it. They like the Instagram feed of being rich. Yeah. They like looking at influencers and celebrities and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. but they don't know the work that actually goes into it. It sounds like a nice fantasy. Totally. It's an ideal lifestyle, but the difference between successful people and not successful people is the work that happens in between, right? I wouldn't say successful and not successful, but like no, but, but you wealthy and the wealthier compared to an average. Well, well, that's income. well, that's successful, and not successful. In, but I don't. In, but whose in whose definition is success? So right? when we come back to number one of the the mindset, it's define your version of success, totally. right? So when like this is all that's fair. Th yeah. well, this is all personal. Like I don't want to use the average income or what the top one percent in Canada and the U.S. are. It's no like. Everybody has their own goals, their own ambitions, their own, their own lifestyle that they want to have. So it's the difference between success and not successful to them. That's fair. The difference between that is, is work. I guess I didn't want to equate success with wealth because I don't think that's always a fair thing. No, I either. think it's like health, wealth, love, and happiness are like right. the four things that Those we are your kind four of... four quadrants, like yeah. Our four... Well, yes, yours, no? No, I think I see success a little bit differently than that. I don't... I'm not saying that's success. I'm saying that's... The definition or those are the pillars of a good life that fair. at least I've been introduced to yeah. that I can right. familiarize myself with. No, that's fair. I get it. I'm on your side. Back I understand. To, back to my book. So um, this one, I think I, we had to, everyone I think should actually have to really think about these and reverse them is rule number seven in this book is understand your money beliefs and where they come from. Yeah. So basically getting rid of any beliefs that you can question and accept are as nonsense. So basically um, understanding that like the things of I don't deserve to be rich or money makes people greedy and dishonest. Um, you can't have money and be spiritually pure or you lose your friends if you get rich, stuff like that. So I think it's really just like dissecting that. Um, and then the four beliefs that they give you is that money is okay. Wanting money is okay. I'm going to be wealthy and I'm prepared to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like the difference between, it's funny how much I nitpick verbiage too, Yeah. where it's like, I want to be wealthy. It's like, no, like say I'm going to be, yep. or I will. Not like, like you need to manifest. I'm going to be wealthy. I'm prepared right? to put in the work. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm manifesting my dreams out to the world. I'm not saying like, it's not left up to chance, right? Totally. We each have the ability to take action. Um, and that's the one thing that we're responsible for is what, what we can do, like what decisions can we make? What actions can we make? Mm -hmm. There, it's like what Yoda says, right? It's like, there is no try. It's either you do or you do not. And I think that's such an important lesson that I took away from at least watching Star Wars page. What are you writing down? Uh, just some notes on today's podcast. So, um, rule number eight in this book is understanding that wealth is a consequence, not a reward. Yes. So you don't get given the money by a committee who examine whether or whether or not you deserve it. Okay. Um, and the interesting thing with that is usually like wealth is a consequence, not a reward. And then they actually put um, three little like asterisks, I guess, around the fact that like um, people are only like rewarded with money unless it's like an inheritance, like from their parents um, or like like you marry into a family or you divorce and you happen to get money and there was a third one i can't remember it right here but essentially it's just saying that like yeah you are responsible for yeah. creating your own life yeah exactly that um and then i'm gonna end off with this last one i mean this whole book's really good so far um rule number 15 in here is money and happiness understand their relationship 
So with that one, they kind of put money as a placebo, not a cure. And I think that's something that people get so tripped up in. And I think that you and I kind of hit this. Well, I know I did about mid last year where I was like, okay, well, I have everything. What now? And I was like, okay, well, I have the, the downtown spot. I'm happy here. We have the car. I have the relationship. You have a dog. I have a dog. I'm, you know, I'm good <clears throat> with my family. Like, I have the bags. I have the clothing. I'm eating the food. And then I was like, well, I'm just not getting it because something just isn't fulfilling me or fueling me anymore. And what was missing? Well, I think my happiness. I, I definitely didn't know. You, you sacrificed your happiness for... I wouldn't say I sacrificed my happiness, but I didn't really know what was fueling me anymore because I thought it was the thing of like of reaching these milestones. And I realized that these milestones weren't making me happy, right? But in the time being, I was like continually working for them. Because you're trying to hit a destination, right? It's yeah. what it comes back to. It's the journey, journey. not the destination itself. Yeah. And I feel like in the last few months here, you've really loved the journey that you've you've started out on and, and totally. you, you're, yes you have milestones but those don't equate to like happiness triggers for you mm-hmm. it's like no that like this is this is an outcome of me working hard mm-hmm. these are not when I hit this I'm going to be happy like it's not an if-then scenario totally around money mm-hmm. and um, I know I was gonna say I ended at that one but I am about a fourth through this book in the past two days so Another one I read, which I really liked, and I think this always goes back to the collaboration over comparison, is don't envy what other people's ha- what others have. Um, envying them is pointless, but learning from them is invaluable. Yes. So um, whether that's you know people who are insanely rich, it's like the Kylie Jenners. I know so many people hate on the Kardashians or even Ty, like anyone because they're rich and they don't know how they got there or they don't understand it. But I think instead of really that's deep down jealousy, I think realistically we need to be looking at um, studying them and know how they got there and understand at which points in their life did they give the advice that they gave. Yeah, that's a huge one, right? Like Mm -hmm. people say, oh, money doesn't matter, but are they on their deathbed or are they in their 20s being successful, right? Mm-hmm. Like like you said, where are they at in their life stage and when are they giving that advice? Mm-hmm. Another thing too is, I know a big thing is studying people on Instagram or like just like idolizing. Judging. Not, not judging. I feel like idolizing in a way too, right? Oh my God, I wish I had this. Like their life looks so good. They have this. But social media seems like it's just a snapshot of all the good things in life. And we choose to share good or bad. But a lot of people will just share their highlights. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a thing of, like you said, how do we study them? Oh, you like what they have or you like the lifestyle that they live? What are they doing? Totally. What what If you want to have the same social media following, what's their strategy? Mm -hmm. Right? Like you said, how do you study great people and how do you study great companies? So instead of idolizing them, how do you model after them? Yeah, exactly. I like that. Very good. Smart one, babe. Um, Okay, so I want to jump to accountability and just doing it because I think this is something that we've heard so much and even whether it's consulting or just our our clients for Pulse Media... um, of course, we're hired for certain services, and then in other aspects of the business where we hear, I guess, pain points, the question is, what are you doing to fix that? Yeah. So with that, um, recently I was hired as a consultant, um, but I guess actually when I'm thinking about the verbiage that they used, 
it was I'm looking for an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And I think I should have seen a red flag right there because I think if someone needs an accountability partner... They're not accountable to themselves. Yeah, it just goes to show that they can't even commit to themselves to get something done. So, I mean, I know you bring this up when it comes to things like, say, working out or doing other things where you can't commit to yourself first. Yeah. Maybe you could shed light on that. Not like I'm So not, you want me to rip myself apart no, on a I'm podcast? Not, no. I'm not saying I just I guess I'm not understanding it. Like especially when it comes to like a business that you're running, why you need an accountability partner. I feel like people don't some people don't know how to manage themselves. Right. I think that's just like simply put what it is. Mm-hmm. I think some people I like it comes back to commitment, right? Like they may say they want it, but they really don't. They think it looks good, like all these New Year's resolutions. It seems like a good idea, and you could write it. It's a, it's a lot easier to watch Netflix than make a movie. It's a lot easier to write down your goals than it is to actually commit to your goals mm-hmm. and do things daily that will get you to your goals. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to say I'm going to work out than actually working out. So it's a lot easier to say, Hey, I'm going to be the master of cold calling, but do you actually pick the phone up? I think it's the it's the idea of wanting it versus actually doing it. I think people don't know how to manage themselves. I think, so like, I think we need to set up a process right now on the spot in terms of how people can manage themselves. Okay, before we jump into that, I think it's a great point though. I think the one of the reasons why they don't do or why they can't commit to themselves is they don't have a, a tangible plan in place. I think where people are good, what people are good at is setting goals but they don't reverse engineer their goals to daily actions. Like, I want to increase my revenue by $10,000 this month. Great. How many people do you need to bring in in a given month? How many people do you need to bring in in a given day? Okay, if, you're, if you need to bring in 10 more people to make an extra $10,000, how many people do you have to talk to to get that conversion rate? If your conversion rate's 25%, do you need to talk to 40 people? Right? It's like breaking them down into actionables, into daily actionables, weekly actionables, monthly actionables, right? It's kind of like a checklist in a sense, but they just need targets. They have goals, but they probably don't have targets or the daily actions that are going to get them to their goal. So that's where it comes into processes, right? Like, what is your process? What is your sales process? Mm-hmm. What is your managing process? What is your process to getting abs? What's your workout routine? Right? I think it's like they need a tangible plan that they can look at and they can do every single day to be like, okay, I'm on track. Totally. Because accountability is just about setting something and letting something or yourself know that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I think like as you were saying that, I think like in that we just created a three-step process. Oh, really? To being accountable. Tell me. Yeah. So the one is setting your goal. Two is creating your targets. And three is your check-in point. Amazing. So with that, with goals, it's creating smart goals. That's what they're called. It's that university term. So, um, hi, Pippa. <laughs> Pippa's just on the table right now. Um, I honestly, I'm sure someone can help me figure out what the S is, but the M is measurable goals. A is attainable. Um, there's something for the R, something for the T. Google smart goals if you're yeah. interested, but I think the main point is set your goals and make sure that you have an actionable plan that you've reverse engineered that will get you there. Hold on. 
We're not there yet. Okay. So one is goals. Make them smart. Google what smart goals means. They're, it's an acronym. Is that thing an acronym? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. And then number two is um, setting your targets by reverse engineering those goals. So you're actually going to take those goals. Um, if it's like Harrison was saying, 10,000. Oh, Pip, are you joining in? Oh, thank you. If you're watching on video, Pips. Pips is a... Uh, on the move. On the move. Um... And so then it's taking those goals and reverse engineering them to set your targets. So like you said, um, in what channels are, are you going to need to create that? Yeah. Like, is, is it in-person activation? Is it social activation? Where are you going to find those? How are you going to reach those targets? Who do you need to talk to? Um, who needs to come in to do that? And the other one is making your actionables. So instead of an accountability partner, you need to just... Make a list. Make a list. Check it twice. I was going to say that too. Uh, and then I think whether that's um, your, you have daily actionables and then you have weekly and then you have monthly ones, you need to make sure that you're doing it, right? And I think we talk about Trello all the time. T-R-E-L-L-O. It is what we call like Kanban, is that right? It's similar to Asana where it's basically lists with sub lists mm -hmm. and you can create checklists within those. Project, put your projects on there, join your team members on there, have your daily checklist. It's great for campaigns that you're doing, uh, project management, uh, simple checklists, mm -hmm. like we're talking about here. Just having your... People use it for meal prepping. They actually... Workout plans. Workout plans, everything. If you go on there, they'll actually have templates for you, for work, personal, anything really. Um, and we use it for everything we do really. Grocery lists. Anyways... And all of these tools are for, free. well, they're free and they're for productivity. I think after we're done this little thing that we're doing, we should talk about time management mm -hmm. and, and how you are probably doing dumb shit that you need to free your time up with totally. that will allow you to do more of these daily targets and, yep. and hit more of your actionables. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the third part of that, so you have your goals, your targets, and then your check-ins is just to see where you're at. So one of our clients will send a weekly report in terms of where their sales are at, each channel that they're getting the sales in, how they can improve, how they can, you know, make sure that they're reaching the target for that month. Yeah. Um, so with that, it's making sure that you're keeping yourself accountable and your team accountable for that. Like you need to have daily check-ins, weekly check-ins with your team. If mm -hmm. you're running a big team, you need to be in communication. One of the tools that we use, mm -hmm. it's an app, it's available for desktop, mobile, it's called Slack, mm -hmm. S-L-A-C-K. And it's basically group chat on steroids that allows you to essentially eliminate silly emails and streamline your communication mm -hmm. and I think that's a great way to communicate with your team and even in person as well like having those conversations and showing them your targets talking about your goals together as a team will allow you to see where other people can pick up the slack mm -hmm. where people can contribute to those goals and see okay this is what I need to do as a cog in this system to contribute to that monthly goal annual goal whatever it is when I was 17, I worked at Aritzia for a brief five shifts. And I think that's because I wasn't um, well accustomed to the sales environment that that was. Because, I mean, people say like, oh, the people are mean or it's a very cutthroat environment. And I don't, maybe, maybe there's those components, but I think the reality of it is it's a very sales driven environment. Um, with that, they would have pre-shifts every single day. So you and your, um, I guess it would be the manager on floor 
would essentially go over how much has been sold that day, um, what what more needs to get sold, how each person is going to break that down on an hourly rate um, so that the team is reaching the goal. So with that, there's huge transparency in terms of what the store is selling. And that comes back to, sorry to cut you off, but mm -hmm. Principles by Ray Dalio. Mm. He owns one of the biggest hedge funds out there. And he talks about that as one of his core principles in his company is transparency mm -hmm. and just saying, you, if you want to get everybody on board and that comes back to commitment, you need to be transparent with where you're at and where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And um, where was it? So yeah, with Aritzia, I definitely think that was something I was scared of at the time. Now I fully embrace that and I encourage that, especially with the clients we work with. Um, but on that note, I just completely lost what my note was because you cut me off. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just think that like setting your goals and being transparent with people and making sure that your entire team knows oh, what's going on. Caught it. Now I'm going to cut you off. So I remember actually when I started Gem. Yes. I said if I was going to be working a job in... Um, Fraser Health. In Fraser Health, like with the government, with my degree, I was probably going to be making around like forty to sixteen like thousand dollars in my first year. So with that, I knew I was probably going to be making around like twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour, right? I think the starting rate was around twenty-one or twenty-two. Which is what, like four or five k a month? Yeah, which will give me forty to 50, around like forty-four thousand dollars a year, not being taxed on yet. But either way, that was that was I guess where I knew I was starting at. And subtle note there, if you're thinking about the difference between an employee and a business owner, it's think about the taxes and what you can write off, and if you're actually making thirty dollars an hour. Are you given everything that's taken off your paycheck? Mm -hmm. um, but just jumping into what you were saying about working at Fraser Health. Yeah. So I remember for me to want to be able to quit my job um, as a server or knowing that I wasn't going to be going into Fraser Health with Jim, I knew that I had to be making double as my security blanket. So I said, okay, cool. Um, instead of making $5,000 a month from a job with Fraser Health, I actually am going to need to make $10,000 a month with Gem, um, knowing that, you know, my margins, there's still going to be um, some give and take there because I'm, I'm going to have expenses, but I knew that the number was going to be $10,000. Yes. So with that, I reverse engineered, okay, if I need to be making $10,000 a month, how much is that a day? Yeah, so that comes down to what is my your... My goal. Yes, your goal is $10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And you have, now you're breaking it down to what are your targets, what are your actionables. Exactly. So, so my so my target was, as my target was, so if I reverse engineered my goal, I needed to be making $10,000. And the channels I was going to be doing that on was at the time social media. I was doing in-person events and then just selling from referrals of friends and family. Right? Um, and then my actionables on that was I needed to be selling, how much a day would that be? Well, you see, you ask that question, but you're not putting the math into it, right? So it's, well, I know because I'm asking you quickly. No, I'm saying what is your average order value? Like, what is what is the average cost of your product, I right? I know, I know. I'm doing well, the, well, the people watching don't know what that so is. So 10000 divided by 30, because there's 30 days in a month, is $333.33. So now, knowing that my average order was around $35, I needed to sell nine. 0.52 necklaces a day. So to be safe, I needed to sell at least 10 necklaces a day. Okay. Right? Yes. So with that, the question was, um, if I need to have 10 orders a day, that's roughly an order every two hours. Um, so my question was, how was I going to get there? How are you going to get two orders 
or one order every two hours. How yeah. are you going to get 10 people yeah. to come to your store and buy? Exactly. And then we have to start thinking about, okay, what are the conversion rates here, right? Mm -hmm. What is the average, what's a good conversion rate on an e-commerce store? It's about 3%. So to just reverse that, a conversion rate is, I guess, one, how many people came to the store, two, how many people looked at items, three, how many people bought. It, you can. Well, there's it, so it many. Can be, there's so many ways to measure. And we, we talk example. about it. And we talk about it like a funnel, right? Yeah. What you're saying is like, what are the key actions? If you're running Facebook ads, right? It would be website visitors, um, page views. How many people actually view a page? How many people view a product page? Mm -hmm. What are the amount of add to carts? How many people actually add that product to their cart? And how many people enter their payment info? How many people purchase? Right. But the conversion rate we're just talking about out of how many people come to your website, how many people purchase, and what was good for us was about 3%, and that means every three in 100 people purchase, right? And if we're trying to get 10 people to purchase, how many people do we need to bring to the website? At that, we need to bring around, I would say, 300 people plus, maybe three to 350. So on any given day, how are we gonna bring 350 people to a website? How are you driving traffic to this store? And I think that's where you have to start thinking about your marketing channels and your advertising channels and who are you bringing to this store? What are the demographics, right? So are you using social media? Are you posting organically on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok? Are you using influencers to drive traffic? Mm -hmm. Are you using paid ads? Are you using Google Shopping Network? Mm -hmm. Are you, do you have a physical location? How are people walking by and finding your store? So you have to start thinking about all of these things. If it's, it's e-commerce, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So I think your goal was how do I find 300 people a day to visit my store? Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing was posting organically on Instagram. A big thing for us was reaching out to a lot of people every single day through DMs, through comments, through liking, mm -hmm. uh, to liking posts. And then also influencers who do that for you while you're sleeping. And then having virtual assistants that are doing the, the Instagram management for you and they're helping get, find more people. When you run ads, Facebook is doing the work for you to get an audience to your website. So it's just starting to think about, okay, now we know our goal of 10K, but what are the daily actions? What has to happen so that we can actually reach our goal? And I think that's what you were alluding to. Exactly. And so on that note, I also wanted to say, um, what happens if we don't reach the goal? Because I think we hear that so much, whether it's, you know, from our clients, from our friends, just anyone, whether it's a business goal, whether it's a personal development goal, whether it's, you know, me wanting to lose five pounds because I happen to gain 10 pounds for reasons I don't know. Really, though. Yes. Right. I think the question is, what happens if you don't reach the goal? Because I hear it so much and it comes from the scarcity mindset of let's retract, let's Let's cut down our expenses. Let's stop spending money on what's working. Let's yeah. stop doing what's working. Yeah. We need to reduce our expenses. And yeah. It's a scarcity versus abundance thing. Mm -hmm. And I think like, and with that, I think the real thing that needs to happen there is when you're not reaching your goals, what we learned at 10X last year, which I will never forget, is never lower your target. And that comes back to what's in the high ticket masterclass that mm -hmm. I taught on MentorBox. Yeah, totally. So with that, you know, if you still want to make that $10,000 a month and you're only hitting your five, why would you even try to drop it to your monthly goal now being 5,000? Yeah. Yeah. Keep your goals high, 
don't drop them and keep what's working and keep you know trying new things to get to your goal you're gonna find your unlock somehow some it may happen quicker than others going back to my book the rules of wealth study what's working right Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean copying because we've had oh we have (laughs) a lot of people copy our brands well i'm just i mean like we know that since last summer but we saw it again from a panel I was speaking on this year in April. The person who interviewed me on the panel supposedly was an entrepreneur, yet five, six months later, I now see them making another company. That is essentially the same thing as our dogware company. Yeah. So our dogware is Knox Dogware, K-N-O-X. Yeah. They started Bricks Dogware, B-R-I-X. Yeah. Vancouver-based, exact same branding, photo shoots the exact same. They shot in the same place that we did. Same products. Same products. They title or named them somewhat the same as well. Well, nobody else uses the Jackson collar and then someone calls it the XYZ collar with a different name. It's just... It's a clear copy cat. Yeah, it's so, just a clear copy. So my thing is study the people. See what works mm-hmm. and make it your own. Yeah. And I think when you're trying to figure out how to get there, like you said, never lower your target. Mm-hmm. And I think you just need to do more. You need to, you can't want to have a $10,000 goal, for example, right? You can't have big goals, but but ask silly questions or ask minimizing questions. How, yeah. how can I get to my goal? How do I get 10 more bookings? Totally. How, 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 how can I do this? What, what are the questions that you What's need to ask? What's holding me back from getting to my goal? Literally, literally. Not saying, mm-hmm. I don't know if I will, mm-hmm. or what are we doing wrong? It's like, it's like, no, like you need to identify what you can be doing, what, what type of activity you can do, be doing, right? It's, it's, it's about increasing your activity, but also cutting out some things that are limiting your time and that are taking away from actually contributing to your top line revenue. Well, and like with that, I think when we do, we do so much business auditing and we really see like when we're asking the owners of companies who also have, they have to be the CEO, they have to be the COO, they're still kind of everyone, even if they still have employees, um, it's crazy to see where they're spending their time because I do a lot of time auditing, Yeah. right? Like I, one of the exercises I do is in a week, um, you know, Sunday through Saturday, I want to know where you spend your time, what you do, how long you spend doing it. And can this either be automated or can this be outsourced? Literally. Right. And is your time being best optimized? If you are the CEO, are you giving yourself the time to be doing your strategy to, you know, and if you have to be the CEO of your co- or COO of your company, are you also still um, doing your ops, your organization, and your implementation? You know, and if you happen to also have to be the person that motivates your team, are you empowering your team to sell better, to reach their goals, to tell them where the company's at? And are you or or what else? Or like my question is, if you're not doing those things, then what? are you doing literally what you can set goals but are you letting your team know how to get to those Mm -hmm. goals and i think that's something we've learned from having client relations is that people have big ideas and there's a lot of people who have ideas but they don't necessarily back them up with the actions the actionables to achieve those goals Um, when you're talking about managing your time a great tool for um, Mac, Mac OS, um, for, for PC, is this app called Rescue Time. 
and it actually monitors what you do and puts it into different categories mm-hmm. and gives you an emailed report every week. I really like that. It shows how much I'm working on my devices, on my phone, on my laptop. Now that Apple's caught on, they have this thing called Screen Time. Yeah. And I know you use that. Yeah. And it's very helpful to see what apps are you using and where are you spending your time if it's most productive. Totally. I think that's a huge thing. I and think... Oh, sorry. Yeah. The last thing I want to add to that is when you are the entrepreneur and you are the person that has to do everything, my question to you is what is your time worth? Totally. Are you doing minimum wage tasks? You've always said that to me. Like Paige, when, why are you cleaning the bathroom? You can hire someone else to do that. I just think time is... I don't think... I know time is the only thing we don't get back. Mm-hmm. So why are we spending it in ways that don't serve us? Why are we spending it on $10 tasks when you should be working for your $100 an hour? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, right. what could you be doing with that hour of admin work that you're doing. Could right. you out- Why are you counting inventory for two hours when you know that can be delegated outwards? One, if you're doing something really kick-ass, you can hire an intern. If you're doing something kick-ass and you want to bring on a partner, do that to do... Get a partner to do things that work on your weaknesses so that you can focus on your strengths. Totally. Right? How can you find people to help you with your vision and your goal. There's interns that are willing to work for free. There's virtual assistants you can hire on places like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, and Upwork, U-P-W-O-R-K. If you're listening, you can look those up. If you're on video, that'll be in the description of the video or probably a pop-up on the video. But those are such great tools that you can hire out. And I'll know people will say, I have tried an assistant and it didn't work. Then you're not providing, but education get enough you're not providing good education or maybe they just weren't the right person for you totally don't give up on something that's worked for thousands hundreds millions you know read the four hour work week and see how tim ferris did it yeah like that's a book by tim ferris it's called the four hour work week and that was what introduced me to the idea of outsourcing Mm -hmm. and having other people take on these tasks so Mm -hmm. that i can work on things that are directly attributing to my vision my goals my success my top line revenue, right? So I think it's, I think you have a great point about managing your time. And that's the one thing that like I pride you in is like your ability to even audit my time and tell me what I'm doing and what I should be doing, what I should not be doing, right? Totally. I think like, um, interestingly enough, when we were, I feel like we're just like hopping back into all the workflow after the new year. And um, when talking about our clients and like what their time is best spent doing, I thought of the idea of an ROI T-chart. Yeah. Um, and with that, it's a very, very simple concept. Um, and I, th- I think it makes sense. So basically, simple T-chart. On the left-hand column, you essentially write down all the tasks that you do. So, you know, if you actually follow through with um, create, um, writing down what you do from Sunday to Saturday, writing down all those tasks and say categorizing them into like seven to ten things, of maybe say one's cooking, one's driving, um, one strategy session, one is education or team support. You kind of break those down, um, put them on the left-hand column, and then on the right-hand column, we need to measure the ROI of all of those things. So say if it's counting inventory, say there's zero ROI on that, that's actually not making you money. Um, Think about outsourcing it. You shouldn't be spending your time there because it's not- Not for three hours every day. 
I would argue not period unless you have to. Right. Unless you are that single person in your mm-hmm. business or if you cannot find someone else to do it. Totally. Yep. So, I mean, that's my ROI t-chart. And one of the other things, it was like a yoga meme, but it basically said like, um, if you're a boss, you don't cancel on other people. So why cancel on yourself? And it was like, show up for your yoga class or like book your yoga class now. I love it. But like with that, like self care is such a hot topic now. It's about taking that time for yourself to, um, you know, re-energize yourself because I think we're put in situations where we're always, you know, on for people, for work. We are, um, you know, we have meetings. I need to be accountable, all that jazz. Um, I think the reality is though, is that people don't actually go in their calendar and say, okay, five o'clock time with myself to do finances for, for end of year, right? Time with myself to do projections for February time with myself to audit all staff and see what they can best transition to, right? If I have someone that's a really good educator, I'm going to want them to become the educator for my entire team. So maybe I don't do that anymore. So with that, the ROI T-chart I thought was a cool idea. Try it out. Let me know what you think. And two, scheduling time for yourself. Putting it in your calendar so you don't actually cancel. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think people have their calendar open up to everyone, Mm -hmm. but they don't set time for themselves. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy. We use a tool called Calendly. Yeah, the best. Not being paid to say it, but instead of the back and forth via text and email saying... When are you available? Let's schedule it here, here, and here. You literally just give them your calendar. It'll sync up to your Google calendar, your Apple calendar, multiple calendars, but that will allow you to actually free up time going back and forth and have meetings booked in your calendar. Cool. Well, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Cool, well. Cool, well. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for Um, sharing. No, um, in all honesty, though, we don't get paid for any of the tools or books that we link. They're genuinely things that we love. We use in our business. Yeah. In our personal life. Mm -hmm. And I think you just need to look at where your time is spent Mm -hmm. and how you can be spending your time on tasks that bring in money Mm -hmm. or contribute to your vision and your end goal and contribute to your definition of success. Love that. Great way to wrap. Um, On that note, Check out Harrison's Mentor Box session. Check out Harrison's Mentor Box session. You can go to Mentor Box. M E N T O R B O X dot com. And you will have your free three day trial. Again, after that is $8 a month. We are not sponsored to say this. I am just super excited to share with you an amazing, amazing course. It's on just how, good shit. On how, <laughs> it's just. Honestly, it's just good shit. People ask us all the time how we do what we do. And we're really here just to give the insight, share what we know, and um, grow a community of people who are successful by their own definition so we can all enjoy life better together. I have nothing else to say. That was amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for watching. And we will catch you next Tuesday. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can follow myself on Instagram at Harrison Lee Gordon, or you can follow Paige at page.sander, or visit our agency's website, pulsemediainc.com. Thank you guys for watching. Sorry. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. See you everyone next Tuesday on the Married to Success podcast. Bye.